from our gospel according to Luke. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Doesn't take a theologian or a rocket scientist or an expert to realize something uh, existential about human, about life, and that is this, that life is full of suffering. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not a pessimist, I'm not a nihilist. Uh, I'm actually an optimist because I'm a Christian. I do believe that things do work out for the good. All things work to good for those who trust the Lord, Scripture says. I believe that. But the reality is that life is oftentimes very, very difficult, and we can all, I think, agree to that. But here's the question for this morning I'm going to look at. Where does all of this suffering actually come from? I mean, does it have a source? If so, if, so, if it does have a source, and it does, <laughs> who is that source or what is that source? So I'm going to look at this today in our text because it comes right out of it. What is the root cause? What is the root cause? If you go all the way down, the base, the core, what is the root cause of all suffering, all of it, physical, mental, relational, you name it? What's at the root cause of all of it? And the reason I say that is because it's almost cliche these it is cliche these days to talk about oppression. Everyone's got a grievance. Everyone's got someone to point the finger at and blame for their misery. There are people out there whom I will not name because I'll probably get sued, but you might know who they are, who have made complete careers out of convincing other people that they are not responsible for the things that happen to them, that they are victims. It's someone else's fault. Blame them. It's the patriarchy, or it's the wealthy, or it's racism, or sexism, or genderism, or fill in the blank. The list of oppressors is endless. Here's the deal. We all know, we all, this is nothing new. We all know that life isn't fair. The Bible says this. There are lots of different places, but for example, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Life isn't fair. But here's the question for today that I want to look at. Maybe this oppression that we hear so much about in all of its different forms, maybe oppression isn't social or political or economic. Maybe the true source of oppression is spiritual. Two points today. The real cause of our suffering and how Jesus sets us free from it. The root cause, the root cause of our suffering and how Jesus sets us free from it. Those are my two points. The first thing, the real cause of our oppression. So if you read the, listen to the gospel text that Father Mason just read a minute ago, the gospel text from Luke, it sounds like a, just a plain old healing miracle. Of course, there are, there are no plain old miracles. Uh, but if you read through it, it just seems like, you know, here's an, a woman who was bent over for whatever reason, arthritis or broken back, or who knows why, and Jesus heals her, blammo, and she goes away, hey, thanks, Jesus, oh, you won, yeah, you got it, right? <laughs> That's the way it reads, sort of like a, just a garden variety, basic healing miracle, but there's more to it. I said in the rector's form this morning, reading scripture is like peeling an onion. As you go deeper into it, there's nothing hidden, but when you really do a deep dive on it, you begin to see things you didn't see at first. Let me show you an example. Verse 11, Luke says, And behold, there was a woman, there's two points here, a woman, behold, 
That's an important word. There was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. Let's just stop right there. Two things to look at. First, that word behold. is a, When you read scripture, that word behold is a very, very important word. It's archaic in English. I've never started a sentence with the word behold, ever. Right? And, in, and so a lot of translations that kind of just dismiss behold, they don't translate it. But it's a Greek word, a duo. And it's an imp- incredibly important word. What it means is that whatever's going to come next is really, really important. Pay attention. So when you say, when you see, when Luke says, behold, there was a woman with an, who had a disabling spirit for 18 years, he's saying, pay attention. It's a Greek literary device, a duo. And we also know this woman had a disabling spirit, a demon, for 18 years. And here's the point. Her illness, her physical condition, her being bent over, I'll get to that in a minute, is not physical, but spiritual. The root cause of her suffering, the, the ground from which all suffering comes from, hers, mine, and even yours, the root cause of all of it is evil. Now remember something important. Luke, who's the writer of the gospel, the author of this gospel, Luke is not a, uh, a guy prone to fancy, right? He's a doctor. The guy knows what he's talking about. He's a physician. He knows physical afflictions from spiritual ones. I was at the doctor on, Friday, on Thursday uh, complaining about my left shoulder, and he said, yep, you've got an impingement. We've got to go in there and clean that out. Oh, yay. He didn't say, you've got a demon. <laughs> he could have said that. It would have been true, but uh, he didn't say that. He said, he, he said, this is the physical condition you have. Luke is a doctor. He knows that this condition is not merely medical, that there's more to the story, that the, the true source of oppression the true source of suffering here is spiritual. Another detail we find here, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, so it's a spiritual question. Look, a spiritual question, and this person has been oppressed, this woman, for 18 years. 18 years to suffer with anything is a long time. Anybody have something in your family life, and it can be anything, medical, physical, relational, whatever, which is a problem which just perpetuates over and over. Anybody have that? Maybe it's just my family. Yeah, where our family, where these systems just kind of repeat over and over and over again. This woman is sick for 18 years. 18 years is a long time. And psychologists will tell us that over a long period of time, when you are afflicted by something, it begins to become a part of you. They call it learned helplessness. But the suffering, the struggles that we face, you and me and her, this woman who's the test case, her struggles for 18 years, they begin to become internalized. They begin to become, listen, a part of how she sees the world. And when that happens, what do we do? When we begin to internalize all these things as inevitable and insoluble, we give up. We lose heart. You know, one of the great tragedies of our culture today and there's lots, there always has been, is that we tell people that any, anything they think about themselves is okay. Anything you want to think about yourself, that is okay. After all, God made us all. I'll give you an example. I learned a new word last week. Want to hear it? It's the word thruple. Anybody know what a thruple is? Does anybody know? 
A throuple is like a couple with three. I'm not making this up. I'm not making, I'm not making any of this up. Ready? That's not even the weirdest part. This throuple was describing their throuplicity. I don't know what you call it. Throupleship, whatever, I don't know. They were describing it, and they said, well, it got even weirder. This particular throuple identified themselves as a throuple, but it gets even a little more complicated because one of the throuple was a fairy, one was a troll, and one is a leprechaun. I'm not making this up. You know, I never met a fairy or a leprechaun or a troll. You know why? They're not real. Fairies and trolls and leprechauns, they don't exist. And yet when our culture says whatever you choose to identify, whatever you claim as your being, that is who you are. Friends, that is not loving. That's not compassionate. It's cruel. I don't know, I don't know if these people really believe that they're a leprechaun, a fairy, and a troll. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Said it, they did. But I do know that when you affirm something in somebody which isn't true, it's a lie. And a lie is always toxic. And a lie leaves people stuck. Friends, Jesus doesn't leave people stuck. He is the master unsticker. <laughs> I made that up. He is the master at unsticking people from, their, from their, where they are in their life. This woman here is sick for 18 years. Her suffering, had be, her struggle had become part of her identity. He doesn't affirm her in her illness. Nope. Jesus says right here, he set her free. Not from, free from demonic oppression. I'm going to say something that might strike you as strange, but stay with me for a minute. He frees her from demonic oppression. And let me just say this. I'm, I don't negate science. I taught science in graduate school, for crying out loud. I'm a left brain engineer guy. Um, I'm not negating medicine when I say this, and I have lots of doctor friends, doctors in the house. Medical conditions are true, but it is also true, it is also true that all suffering, all of it, tauta is the Greek, all suffering is the result of demonic oppression. I'll prove it. Back to Genesis. Look at the creation of, the, of men and women in the Garden of Eden, right? God created Adam and Eve, and it was what? It was good. There's no suffering. There's no struggle. There's no oppression there. Everything is good. There's no there's no, you know, impingements in your shoulders or cancer or broken relationships or all the stew that we have that we carry in our own lives, sick loved ones, none of that in, the, in Genesis until what happens? The fall. Until Adam and Eve are cast out of Eden and we become subject to a world which is broken and fallen. Ever since the fall, friends, ever since that time, we have been under the influence you might say, of spiritual attack, spiritual warfare, demonic oppression. All of it, all suffering, at its root, at its core, at its base, is a result of the fall. All suffering at its core, at its base, is demonic. I've been through this before. You've been through it before. You all know this. How many of you, uh, how many of you do stuff over and over again and you don't want to do it anymore? Anybody? Maybe it's, maybe it's just me. Or you see things in your families or your friends or your loved ones or your own soul 
that come back over and over and over again. You are continually oppressed by the same old stuff, friends. This is not a coincidence, and it's not an accident. It's intentional. Scripture says, Scripture refers to the oppressor here as Satan. And that word Satan, it's actually a proper name, the Satan. And a Satan is not a scary, you know, fork-tongued, pitchfork critter. Satan is a legal term, and it means your adversary, the person, the being, which actively is working against you. You and I, we all know something here, that the burdens of our life are orchestrated, (laughs) that the burdens of our life are not just pure coincidence. If they were just pure coincidence, we wouldn't complain about them. The The suffering in our life is intentional and deliberate. Satan, the adversary, my adversary and yours. Friends, I know... I know, I know that my own burdens, my own sin, my own brokenness is demonic. I know it, and you do too. Not necessarily because I've done something wrong, although sometimes that's true. We do things wrong and we cause our own suffering. We get, we get tempted to do something wrong and we go, oh my gosh, what have I done? We've all been there, done that, right? That's not always true. Sometimes, sometimes demonic oppression is not because we've done something wrong, but because we've done something right. I'll give you an example. Look again at this, this woman in the story. She is, where is she? She's out, I don't know, like doing jello shots. No, she's at, at the synagogue. She is a believer. She is a believer. She's a Jew. She's in the synagogue when Jesus calls her. And this is the point I want you to see, that even believers, friends, even Christians are not off, off the cuff. We, don't, we are not out of the ballpark of suffering. I mean, Jesus himself, Scripture says, Hebrews says, that Jesus himself learned obedience through what he suffered. So if you somehow think that as a Christian you're off the hook, you ain't, and neither am I. This woman is a believer, and the devil wants nothing more than to breed in her and in you defeat. Doubt, shame, and regret. That things will always be the way they are. There's no point in, in even trying to do anything about it because you are what you are. You are made that way. It's part of who you are. Here's a question I'm going to ask you, and this is a real one. I want you to think about it. Don't call it out. You can if you want. What burdens do you carry? We've all got stuff, right? Everyone's got something. What burdens do you carry? I don't mean like dumb things like you've got to pay your bills. Well, that could, might not be a dumb thing for you. I don't know. But what things really burden you? What things oppress you? What what stuff have you carried for 18 years? Literally or figuratively? Worry, shame, fear, doubt. Name it and claim it, the Baptist used to say. It's demonic. That's the root. And you won't know the victory until you know the source. The root cause of all suffering, all of it, is demonic oppression. Influence. Possession is different. That's when your faculties become overwhelmed and you can't control yourself anymore. That's extremely, extremely, extremely rare. I've never seen that. I know people that have. I've never seen it. But oppression is true for everyone. The suffering in your life and in mine is demonic. That's my first point, the root source. And then the second point is, then how does Jesus set us free? Look, look again at this text. Luke says that this woman is bent over, right? They think, aha, she's got osteoporosis. Maybe, I don't know. Could be, but that's not the cause of the problem. The Greek here is the word segupto, uh, and, and the Greek word being bent over describes, listen, a spiritual condition, 
an existential part of who she is. Think of it like this. If I, if I show you, you'll know exactly what I mean. Here's a woman. Here's you, right? Standing upright. Here's her. See the difference? Here's her. Bent over. She is oppressed. She is pushed. When you are oppressed, when you are bent over, you can't see in front of you. All you can see is what's right here. The tyranny of the immediate. You are consumed by whatever is in front of you for the day. Anybody experiences this? Yes. <laughs> when you are bent over, when you are oppressed, everything in your life is focused on that thing right now. You are focused on what is directly in front of you. You cannot plan. You cannot see the way forward. Your focus is downward. You are tentative. You are doubtful. You're scared. I'll give you an example of being scared. Anybody here ever teach a teenager how to drive? I've done it three times. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still here. Dad, can mom take us? She's a lot more patient than you are. Okay, fine. One thing, you have to, one thing with, new team, which new, with new drivers, and, and I did this too. You, you did this as a kid, right? When you were learning how to drive, where do you drive? You drive like this. You drive looking immediately over the dashboard, right? Immediately onto the road in front of you. And then what do you wind up doing? You do this, right? Ever, you know what I'm talking about? People, when they learn how to drive, they drive by look, focusing on what's directly in front of the hood of the car, and they do this, and they're trying to stay in the line. And I remember Gracie, I was training her, actually right up the street here. We were driving along when she had her permit. I said, hey, Grace, this is a little stressful for the old guy. <laughs> do me a favor. And she said, what, Dad? I said, look ahead. Look straight ahead. But I got to keep in the... Uh. I said, if you look ahead, if you look straight ahead, if you stay focused, keep your head up and your eyes forward you'll stay in the lane. No, I won't. Trust me. So she did it. Hey, it works. Yep. Here's the thing. Friends, the key to life, and we're all, we are all bent over in some way, maybe literally, maybe figuratively, but the key to life, friends, is to, is to realize that this is oppression, and the way to solve it, listen, is to lift your heads up and keep your, keep your eyes focused forward. Focus down the road, and you will stay in the lane automatically. Jesus calls this woman, and he calls you and me, to be unstuck, to stand up, and to look forward to him. Again, think of all the things you care in your own life. Money, health, relationships. It's probably one of those three. Just recognize those burdens you carry are spiritual. And the, de the devil, your adversary, wants nothing more than to keep you here. But, Jews, but in the Jewish mind, to stand up, to lift up your head, is a posture of worship. Did you notice when she stood up, she worships God? That to stand up is to recognize that God is the source of who's going to bring you forward. And when you focus on him, everything else falls into line. I'll give you a couple of examples. Psalm 121. Listen to it. You've heard this before. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In our liturgy, in a few moments... I'm going to say, I'm going to chant, the Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Lift up your hearts. There's this repeated refrain in Christianity of always lifting up our heads and our hearts to Jesus, to focus on him. It means to be ready, to be joyful, to be focused, to be fearless. So here's the question. Friends, if you want to be free from your burdens and know the big picture and have hope in the midst of suffering, focus on him. Help has arrived, and his name is Jesus.
And on the cross, he himself was lifted up so that he could carry the sins that you and I cannot, so that he could bear the burdens that you and I aren't able to bear, so that you, friends, and I, and all who trust in him, and all who look to him and stay focused on him, he went to the cross so that he could bear our burdens, he could carry our sorrows, that he could set us free. Shall we pray, Father, Psalm 55 tells us to cast our burdens, cast our burdens upon the Lord. Help us to see evil and the fall as the true source of all of our suffering and help us to stay focused on Jesus, the great physician who solves the problems once and for all, who carries our burdens in our place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinityvero.org and follow us on Facebook.